Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode 106 entitled Living in Two Worlds. So before we um, get stuck into today's uh, <clears throat> episode, I just want to share just a just an update really that I've created a dedicated email address. So if you would like to contact me for any reason, the address is dcpodcast at gmx.com. I'll repeat that. So it's the letters DC and then the word podcast at gmx.com. Right. So in terms of today's episode, what I want to share is this concept of Perhaps you've been experiencing it like I have. This idea, certainly um, since COVID-19, really it's ugly head. It's this idea of existing in two worlds, or even another way of putting it is um, living in two realities, really. Because um, it does feel as if when we go about our day-to-day lives, and as I've said many, many times before in this podcast, uh, we witness people, you know, wearing masks whilst driving, following crazy, insane social distancing rules, quarantining themselves when they have no symptoms of COVID and yet they've tested positive through either the lateral flow test or PCR test, which, as we know, produces many false positives. And it literally feels as if um, the collective of humanity has literally lost the plot. And it feels extremely unsettling because we we uh, we exist in a world where, especially certainly for intelligent, sensitive types of people who want to live in a world based on truth, um, clarity, uh, freedom. You know, a world in which um, sort of intelligent inquiry re- reigns really. So it is a very unsettling feeling, this feeling of living in two worlds. But what does it mean to live in this state of being um, day to day? Uh, Because I know I find it personally very, very draining. Uh, I work in a very sort of mainstream type of situation. And um, it is, it's very, very difficult because many of the fascinating topics that I discuss here on Discerning Consciousness and many subjects that I'm sure you, you yourselves are interested in that you listen to on podcasts and watch on YouTube videos and other video platforms. We go out there in the world and perhaps even some of your friends and families, they're just not interested, are they? So many people just are not interested in the ways of the world. They're not interested in why are we here, why are we why we do what we do. Why, why does there seem to be so much insanity at the world? Why are there wars? Why are there pandemics? Why is there so much um, poverty? Why does the industrial military complex exist? I could go on and on. I don't want to bore you. But the point is so many, so many people, they're just, um, they're literally, um, they're not interested at all. Um, they just want to... Uh, maintain their existence as smoothly as possible and uh, you know they don't want to uh, face challenging questions about themselves and uh, 
the world at large um, because obviously they're both um, intimately linked. I think it was the great author Howard Zinn who said famously the personal is political and uh, the political is personal. Personal, sorry, um, excuse the plane overhead. They're both, um, of course, they're both intimately linked, which we found, um, you know, we've, um, we haven't been able to hide from since COVID. So hopefully um, it might help to explain this whole process of living in two, two worlds, why we've all been feeling so strange and out of balance, um, really, since the next big thing. I call it the phantom menace COVID-19 reared its ugly head to instill maximum fear in the world's population and the pressure to conform and to be part of mainstream society has intensified like never before and I think that's what I've um, perhaps like a lot of you guys what I've found interesting <laughs> but her horrific at the same time in that quite a few you know people that I would regard as intelligent of course I wouldn't mention any names on a public platform who've just soaked up the mainstream narrative haven't really engaged gear sorry haven't even really engaged first gear I should say when it comes to analyzing what's actually been going on with this covid and they've just really just fallen into the fear uh, mode created by the mainstream media and that pressure to conform and it really has it just has ramped up that's always been there of course that pressure to to conform and for me I just see that as that is the main kind of the main characteristic of uh, mainstream society and this world that uh, this secondary world that um we feel at odds with and which really underpins the sense in which we're living in two worlds is of course if you think about it this whole idea of our inner reality no one i mean we can we can live in the midst of the most chaotic um hideous circumstances but as all the great spiritual teachers have told us if we reach a level of certain selfhood and spiritual obtainment it doesn't matter what's happening happening on the external we can find peace inside um, I have to admit, I know I'm nowhere near reaching that stage, unfortunately. And as I've said many times before on DC, I do get triggered a lot on a daily basis. So anyway, yeah, just to further on this point of uh, the idea of um, two two realities or two worlds, perhaps like me, you've always really had to cope with being the outsider in this insane world. And, you know, maybe your own family have failed to always fail to recognize and appreciate your unique skills and talents. And you've been labeled as the, um, the so-called black sheep of the family. And you've always been seen as the other because you um, sort of like me, you fail to to comply and you you will not yield to all the pressure to conform. So. It can also, just to bring up this idea of working, um, as I say, I work in a very, very kind of mainstream environment. And uh, when we're working in the system, again, it can feel, certainly since COVID, like we're literally selling our souls to the devil. <laughs> it really is. It's very, very difficult. And it is. Um, it really is incumbent upon all of us. I'm nowhere near this stage at the moment. 
and that is the state of trying to build ourselves a bridge out of the system. Uh, I know a lot of people are trying to monetize content online, create online merch businesses and things like that, but it, it's not easy. We know because a lot of people are doing it. And we, we live in a world, even in the alternative media, it's a very fickle, very fickle world. You know, one minute it could be someone is, you know, the new sensation online and then within a few weeks they're forgotten and people have just moving on, moved on to the next, the next, um, you know, next piece of information or the next YouTuber or bit shooter or rumbler that, that attracts their attention. So it also, um, I spoke about this actually um, this next point um, in a YouTube video I did about how um, for those of us who are saying who've always been the outsider and the black sheep in the family of the family um, this whole push the whole COVID fake vaccine and the pressure we might be sorry it's children in the background uh, who the pressure we might be getting from um, our family our close family parents and siblings is bringing up a lot of I'll put a link in the description um, if you're on Podomatic, uh, you should be able to uh, access that. So it's bringing up a lot of childhood memories and trauma of being different, perhaps, from our siblings and schoolmates. And you may well have been told things such as, well, that's what I was always called, and you're just too sensitive. You need to wake up and live in the real world as it is. And I always thought that was curious from a very, very young age. I remember from the age of 10, 11, and then going into high school or secondary school, as we call it here in the UK, from the age of 11. I couldn't really uh, explain it on an intellectual level because I was too young, but I just felt like um, there was something very, very wrong with this world. And I remember when I um, sometimes watched the news, as you did as a kid, how traumatising it was when you saw these natural events and wars going on and awful stories of lots of people dying it just it just didn't make sense to me so yeah another thing that we're experiencing i think in this sense of pressure uh of uh, existing during this time and it is difficult uh during covid19 times is um it is reinforce reinforcing that sense of us as being um the other if you will and i know personally speaking uh, one of the re reasons why I reach out on my podcast on Podomatic and my YouTube channel, of course. And I hope you've been enjoying some of the interviews I've been doing since January on my YouTube channel. Um, is that lack of real fellowship with people um, in the flesh, so to speak? Um, I have to say, there's not many people that I know in the flesh that I can speak to about all these fascinating subjects and yeah, that does trouble me a lot. Um, I don't know how you guys are experiencing that, whether you are, have managed to form new connections and bonds with people. Because as you know, the whole point of this particular episode today is, is these real strong feelings of isolation, of disquiet, of living in, living in two worlds. And uh, you go out in the external world and, and, it, and it does seem... It is. Uh, it's very difficult to, to live in, as I was saying before, if you're an intelligent, critical thinker. There we go, it's another phrase for you. If you're a critical thinker, because um, certainly if you're a sensitive soul like me, it does create a lot of stress uh, and anxiety. And this um, this feeling of stress and anxiety is further compounded, really, 
um, I don't know if you've had this, I guess you probably have, of constantly being asked by people, uh, perhaps in your friends circle and your family or your work colleagues or your other social groups, maybe, maybe people down at the golf club or whatever your hobbies are, or the gun club or whatever, constantly checking on your vac status, you know, ha have you been jabbed? And it, it's most curious, isn't it, that people suddenly have this, um, such an a weird macabre interest in our in our medical in our medical history and it doesn't it does create a, a sense of them and us again <laughs> when we have to justify um our decision to people and yeah it's, it's really difficult and um something that um i've actually been experiencing this weekend um uh, in October now, we're just heading into the fall in autumn here in the UK now, so the temperature's changing and the leaves are falling. So one naturally, you know, turns within. It's a natural part of the, um, you know, the seasons. But uh, with this sense of isolation and living in two worlds, uh, it does create a lot of dissatisfaction. And I know from my perspective, it, it makes me feel like I want to escape and I know um, part of that is is to want to escape um, reality oh, reality as as so-called reality <laughs> when we go out there in, in the world and we it creates a sense in which or feeling that we want to flee the world I know no more uh, so than at this time the amount of people who are looking to try and escape. I know um, places like Mexico and Costa Rica are very popular destinations for conscious people. Um, but um, I've been hearing stories that apparently in Costa Rica they are going to introduce, or they have, COVID vax passports and QR codes. So it does feel as if it's really, really difficult because uh, I feel this strong pull because, I, like I just said, I really can relate to so few people at this time. And the other thing that I've noticed, I don't know if you guys have had this, and um, I should know better, but part of this wanting to escape into a fantasy world is, um, you know, getting drawn into really negative behaviour patterns, um, you know, like watching trash on TV or, you know, each, e eating junk food and just not sleeping well or, you know, getting depressive feelings because I feel so isolated living in two worlds as I see it and it, it can be really difficult um, to hold your centre but we do need to you know try and try and do our best to not um, fall into disassociation and psychosis because as, as, as hard as it is we really do need to try our best to still exist in the world be in the world observe you know like when you're at work observe the ridiculous social distancing signs and when you overhear comments about people talking about COVID-19 it's not so much about blocking it out it's about listening to it and thinking okay I don't need to be triggered here um, I don't need you know I don't I don't need my fight or flight response because I have a very um, I have a very delicate um sort of um what's the word emotional emotional body what's the word yeah emotional body and um i can get yeah can get triggered 
quite easily and uh, over the years on and off I've had chronic eczema which has often been linked to um, an overactive sort of um, immune system so I do have to watch my emotions and I know in recent weeks my eczema suddenly started flaring up because I'm finding a little bit overwhelming what's going on and the magnitude of the situation uh, the magnitude of the situation that we find ourselves in and uh, the pain really the pain that we feel of this external covid clown world as many people online have described it it's this and i agree it's like a crazy pantomime as we witness this mass psychosis which does mirror our own inner pain and there might be um, you might have heard this particular phrase um that kind of describes this process of the inner pain that we feel in terms of our reaction to the pain of the world and it's called Weltschmerz. You might have heard of it. So I'll spell the word for you, obviously German. It's spelt W-E-L-T-S-C-H-M-E-R-Z. Obviously you drop the, you pronounce the W-V as it's German, Weltschmerz. And just a definition I think I got off Wikipedia. Yeah, so it's described as a deep sadness about the inadequacy or imperfection of the world. It can also mean world weariness. And I think that's a great little description to describe what we're going through right now as we feel like we're living in two worlds. We go out, we witness what's going on and we do feel this sense of world weariness that, my God, why has it got to this level of madness? And someone called Frederick C. Beiser, I think it's called pronounced Beiser again, German, B-E-I-S-E-R. In his quote, he described it as a mood of weariness or sadness about life arising from the acute awareness of evil and suffering. And I think that for me is really it's a nice little quote because when I got stuck down many, many different conspiracy rabbit holes or a.k.a. truth rabbit holes, <laughs> as we know they've become, known between 06 and 10 and in future weeks and months I'm going to go into more some of my experiences for you so you can get to know me a bit more and hopefully you can relate to some of my experiences when I got as I say stuck down many many conspiracy rabbit holes for me the most overwhelming sense was all of this evil and suffering in the world and first of all I was asking myself why is this happening um, who is causing it a bit like any crime really like a crime novel or, uh, yeah, a kind of crime storyline, if you like. And then thirdly, I wanted to find out, um, you know, who was doing this and how could I stop it? Now, of course, I didn't realise at the time, you know, one thinks of the whole union idea of the shadow. Actually, that pain and evil outside there is just an expression, an archetypal expression of our own disavowed shadow inside, of course. And I still find that hard to take because I do believe in the existence of pure evil, which does exist as we know on this planet but anyway yeah um i felt this and as um description the wikipedia description of world weariness i've never felt this like never before in, in recent weeks and we're all now facing you know we're being told aren't we in the alt media and the mainstream we're facing all these shortages and potential outages of gas and electric and um you know, our basic needs may no, no, may no longer be met. And um, you may be experiencing that in your own countries already. So, um, yeah, it is that just adds uh, another stress, really, to our, um, our own 
sense of disquiet. And yeah, I forgot to just say, sorry, that in terms of this sense of uh, Weltschmerz, um, if you want to look more into that, it's reflected in the work of Lord Byron, Oscar Wilde and William Blake, of course. Yeah, uh, real uh, creative masters. And um, so, I mean, what I find quite useful sometimes when I do feel that sort of darkness, the darkness rising, so to speak, is just to try and dampen it by looking at, you know, classic British comedies from the 70s, 80s and 90s and, and sometimes just looking at some silly comedy films, you know, like the likes of Caddyshack, Trading Places, and you know, some real classic movies. I do find that does help me to switch off because I do have times where it can be really, really difficult, um, really difficult to uh, to switch off. So hopefully you can in some sense relate to this song, strong sense of deep inner pain that we're feeling, especially during these times when many around us choose to remain oblivious to um, the real truth about the COVID-19. And this simply reinforces the sense we're living in a very different reality or a different world than those um, than those around us. As I said before, perhaps, um, you know, some of our own loved ones, maybe even if our wife, husband or partner. So this sense in which we're currently living in two worlds or two realities is further reinforced by what many in the kind of new age and conspiracy circles are talking about. And I don't mean that in disparaging terms when I say the new age, I'm just using it as a collective term because I, I listen to many fine uh, speakers, researchers, authors uh, within that um, within that area, so we know there's um, that consciousness uh, consciousness uh, is splitting. I should say consciousness. Yeah, at this time, is um, splitting, um, and there's a separation, or a word I've heard before is like a bifurcation, if you like, of human consciousness, and many teachings from. Um, Many guides in the past have told us this, this process was foretold by the likes of the Mayans and the Hopi, um, that there would come a time when the uh, human species would effectively um, split in two. Now, um, what does this actually mean uh, for those of us who are choosing the path of awakening? And if that sounds a little bit grandiose to you, and I know sometimes I'm a bit wary of using that on discerning consciousness, because I know it can... You know, it sounds a little bit, um, what's the word, a little bit elitist. So you can just um, translate into that into perhaps deepening one's own awareness. Because that's just how I see my own journey of awakening, really, if you like. It's just come into a deeper awareness of self, really, and the world and how I interact, interrelate to the external world, really. But it is comforting to have an, uh, an understanding of this concept but there is a problem because it can lead to an even greater division between people because, um, as I was just say, it can be easily misunderstood as meaning the unawakened or they're called the sheep or the sleepwalkers or the uh, non-player characters, the NPCs. Um, we've all seen the kind of memes decrying them, haven't we? Pictures of sheep gathering, which I think is really um, quite offensive, really, to be honest. Are we that much more evolved? I don't know. Perhaps we've just got a little bit more of an insight, who knows. 
But yeah, these horrible phrases, the sleepwalkers. And then on the one side, you know, who, who choose ignorance and denial. And um, then there's those of us who choose the path of awakening. And uh, I think there's a dog on in the background, so excuse that little bell noise. <laughs> so we've got this polarisation. You've got the sheep on the one hand, and then you've got, as I was saying, the, uh, you know, the... Um, supposed awakened on the other t on other side but there definitely is um, a split taking place I think it's undeniable in that um, for those who have always been very much you know immersed within the mage mainstream or the matrix if you prefer it is almost as if they doubled down a lot of these people and um, they've um, the their their uh, sleep, if you like, has now descended into into a coma, and I'm talking on a collective sense as well. But in order that we don't fall into this sense in which we label, um, on the one hand, the sleepwalkers, and then those who are awakened, because I'm always aware on DC, I don't want to get into arbitrary labels. I think it's better to consider the split in human consciousness in terms of an acceleration in the opportunity for growth and self-awareness. And some people will embrace this understanding and use it to transform their consciousness, whilst others will, will, will remain unaware of this opportunity and carry on their lives as normal. So this is, of course, I'm explaining this in very, very simple terms, and the process of the splitting of human consciousness is a fascinating process and there are many fine people out there researching that and I'm sure um, you've heard many of them speak but it is important to say it's certainly a con a, again it's contrib contributing to this sensation of existing within two worlds or two realities this um, separation in human consciousness and it really is reinforcing um, our sense of isolation and separation, for want of a better phrase. Anyone, anyway, moving on now. Um, I do feel that, um, you know, there is a sense in which, um, just to bring it back to this idea of conflict within the family and the idea of broken relationships, we know that there's a strong feeling on both sides, certainly from those who've made the decision to take the, the vax, the jab, and um, the, the strength in which people hold their feelings, it does, again, it, it, I feel it pushes us, can feel a sense in which we're being pushed to the periphery with such polarised um, perspectives. Because there is a sense in which people are really showing their true colours in the light of COVID-19. Their emotional and psychological triggers um, they really are coming to the fore. And it is, um, I should have mentioned this before, so I do apologise, but um, it can be extremely challenging to come to the realisation that you're so profoundly different from your siblings and um, and your close family, of course. You know, perhaps you always had this awareness and you've dealt with it, but it's been a, an emotion that's been buried. And then since COVID-19... And perhaps they've made different decisions with regards to the vax or the jab. And you think, oh, God, holy hell, yeah. We are on such different life trajectories. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
but that can bring up a lot of pain and historic um you know historic trauma really and again with this um sense of uh, living in two worlds it does bring to bring to fore this sort of statement of to be in the world but not of the world i think we've heard that repeated many many times haven't we over the years but i think that is more true uh, at this moment uh, than never before and also what brings to mind is um, perhaps you remember the original matrix film and there was a scene when um, i believe it was morpheus showing neo it was like a, a, a cityscape say from new york and it was people going about their business when people used to walk to work you know people used to actually travel to work and it focuses on a woman an attractive woman in a red dress and i think uh obviously neo it catches neo's attention the woman in the red dress and i believe it's morpheus could be wrong here it's so long since i've seen the film i must revisit it and he says you know these people these people i believe the words are these people are your or these people are our enemy and um I'm not trying to say that those that are following the COVID-19 uh, mainstream narrative are our enemy, but there is a sense in which uh, when we're being triggered, it does feel like that, doesn't it? It does feel that they are existing in a different world, perhaps. And uh, if they are close to us and they're, you know, perhaps we've tried to get them to see our point of view, perhaps we've shared lots of, you know, well-sourced material with them and they just uh, are not interested and it does make us feel as if you know they are our enemy and we don't want to see them like that uh, but I think that was the point that was being made um, in the matrix you know but that's the aim anyway as I saying in terms of the statement to be in the world but not of the world that's the aim but it can be very difficult to achieve when our emotions are constantly being triggered by the chaos and the insanity of the outside wor world. So further to this, much of, um, to further to reinforce our sense of separation and this feeling of living in a dual world or two realities, much of what was predicted by uh, the likes of David Icke, even back in the 90s and many others, has now become a reality. As we know, what's um, it's that meme that's going round, and he, excuse, excuse me, in the alternative media, and on social media, of uh, what's the gap between a conspiracy theory and reality? Oh, about three weeks. <laughs> so, we rightly feel. Um, I think I did. Yeah, I did. A, last summer, I did a video, YouTube video on this about how uh, us so-called conspiracy theorists, those uh, that we go under that moniker, we might say conspiracy realist. I prefer that term. We feel rightly vindicated because uh, of much of what we've researched over the years and was predicted has um, unfortunately come to pass. And the intensity of that, of course, depends where you live. And if you live right now in Scandinavia, you may well be, um, you know, enjoying a sense of a return to relative freedom. Whereas if you're living in New York or where I am on the south coast of the UK, New Hampshire, the alternative is, uh, yeah, the opposite is true. So this sense in which we feel vindicated and justified in, in that much of what we were predicting, following the lead of researchers, authors, 
has come true. There is a double-edged sword to that because, again, we feel anger, frustration, powerlessness because so other few, few, so other few people, so few other people, I should say. Sorry, I can't get my words out today. Can see the truth of what's actually going on, and they are hypnotized. And as I said last last time in my uh, idea in my episode about the uh, theory of mass conformity and the COVID ritual, they are hypnotized. They are asleep, if you prefer. So it adds again to this feeling of isolation. That makes it really, really difficult to live and be in this world. And it really is understandable we want our friends and family to see things the way we do. Uh, because we want to protect them, of course. That's, um, you know, it's perfectly understand them, understandable. But, um, you know, in the attempt to wake them up, that only causes even more resistance and anger. And obviously then we feel even more isolated. And that's why I've said on DC many, many times before... Uh, it can be very, very destructive to try and wake people up to your truth. You may even affect their own reality. Um, so it does feel again as if we're living in our own unique world that no one else can penetra penetrate or even begin to comprehend. And as I say on the weekend, I'm recording that. I've fallen into some very, very negative states of being related to that. And then coupled with this, we have... Um, Certain types of spiritual New Age teachers and teachings who I feel are oversimplifying this awakening process. Just to go back on this idea of the awakening process and the splitting of consciousness. And um, the idea of the uh, rising energies that are currently um, penetrating the earth. And there some of them are saying that Nirvana is inevitable. The new earth has already arrived. And all we need to do is realign our frequency in order to experience the bliss of 5D consciousness. Now I've spoken about this at length on DC and I'm certainly not in denial of it. I'm not saying that this isn't true. Um, but what, what if you're spiritually minded and you find it difficult to relate to this whole idea of um, rising energies on the planet? You might have an intellectual concept but you can't actually feel it in your own being. And again, this creates more sense of anger and frustration and confusion and separation. And yet again, you know, it might feel that, oh God, you know, the one group of people I thought I could relate to, those in the New Age spiritual community, the so-called ascensionists, I can't even relate to them. Because I don't feel this um, ascension process that they're talking about. All I feel is the, the normal aches and pains. So, you know... Further, furthermore, perhaps uh, you may have friends who do feel part of the global awakening and they can and they can't understand your perspective in terms of what they regard as being extreme darkness or negativity. And what I mean by that is the fact like me that you can't, you know, you can't internalize this feeling of the, the shift, if you like. I feel it is like a very prosaic thing. I'm sure it is happening for sure. It's measurable. One just thinks of the human resonance. But, um, you know, perhaps you have friends who, who can and they think you're dark or excessively negative because, because you don't personally feel it. Or perhaps you're, you're an individual that feels quite, quite sceptical about it. And then, of course, moving on, you have the whole behavioural aspect in relationship to the COVID guidelines. 
mask wearing, social distance, intestine quarantining, etc. And, you know, when we see, when we're out and about, I think I mentioned this at the beginning, we do see people, people following the rules. They do appear to be living in a completely different world. It's, uh, it's almost like a tragi, tragic comedy and a bit like a dystopian movie such as Brazil or V for Vendetta. And uh, only we're not living through a movie, we're actually living in real time. And it can feel, as I said at the beginning, extremely um, surreal on occasions. I mean, how do we live life in these absurdist times? And it can, unfortunately for some people, um, feel as if the psyche itself is literally fracturing when faced with so many obvious lies, distortions and, and gaslighting. And as I've said, it can be very difficult for sensitive, intelligent people to live in the real world right now. But we must avoid, just to reiterate this point, we must uh, avoid the very strong pull to escape into a world of illusion or fantasy, which often come in the form of addictions. As I was saying earlier, we have to still live in this dystopian world the best we can. And I know that's very, very difficult. Because in a sense, we know the body is real. And we know, really, the body is, in, during these times, we know uh, when our body is out of balance, and I know myself with my skin condition, that it, as above, so below, it reflects in a flare-up on my skin. So in a way, the body, during this time of craziness, is um, is the true reality like never before. And of course we feel in the body, of course, and we feel the sensations when we harm the body. So the only way to remain sane in, a, in this current insane world is to feel ourselves in the body, uh, is, to, um, is to do sport, do meditation, do perhaps martial arts, qigong, um, whatever, whatever it might be. And I struggle with this. That's why I, um, I do running because it's just quite straightforward, really. And it's just a good way of feeling in the getting in the body and, and getting out of the mind. Because during this time, it really is getting lost in the mind can really literally send you insane. And I know we need to detach from the information overload and be in nature. That's why I do these recordings. I didn't last time. You probably noticed, actually, there was no birds tweeting in the backgrounds or dogs barking or planes overhead. But I do like to do it in nature because it does... It does calm me and uh, and also, yeah, to try and connect with like-minded people. I was saying earlier, I, there's not many people I do connect and talk talk to really on any deep level, which is a great shame. That's need to something I need to work on and just to meet up with people and have a bit of a laugh and, and realise ultimately we're infinite beings in an infinite universe. So we do need to detach from the enormity of everything that's going on, really. So um, I think I'll begin to round things up uh, here. And I just want to begin, sorry, I just want to end by just looking at um, what I mean about, by this whole concept of living in two worlds, really from a philosophical perspective uh, at this extremely fascinating point in history. So right right now, the uh, so-called real world, as we observe it, the distortion, if you like, the matrix, um, you know, what, what, what does it, um, 
you know, what does it look like? What does it, um, what does it, what does it, um, reflect back to us? Fake, it feels inorganic, it feels chaotic, it feels fearful, separation, war is normalised, detachment, conformity, programming, stress, confusion, anxiety and depression and apparently we're told that that is the real world when for me I feel the real world is actually full of infinite possibilities total abundance peace and prosperity reigns in this world healing and expansion are the norm excuse the plane again openness clarity and self-expression are what reign in the real world so you know, such people who are lost in the distortion think it's normal to live in the fake, inorganic world, as I was saying, of chaos, fear, separation, constant war, detachment, mass conformity, programming, stress, confusion, anxiety, and depression. And these are two extremely different worlds or realities. But I believe that the fake world, I believe that eventually it will will dissolve and the real world, which others may well describe as the fantasy, which we can also see as the control system, which we've known for thousands of years, yeah, I think it will, I think it will dissolve over time. And this is just going to be the hardest part um, in terms of the transformation of consciousness and what it means to be a human being on this planet. So hold firm, folks, hold firm. I know it is really, really, really difficult. So as I wind up things today, just a reminder, if you want to connect with me at Discerning Consciousness for any reason, the best way to contact me is at my dedicated email, and that's dcpodcast at gmx.com. So thank you all so much for tuning in uh, for this episode of Discerning Consciousness today. Uh, again, once again, I hope you've been able to relate to something. Um, you know, just um, you've been able to take something from today's episode, from today's recording. And uh, I do appreciate all your support. Thank you so much. And I will speak to you all again very soon. Bye bye for now.